Welcome to the High Road to Leadership. I have a treat for you today. The first guest of season two is my friend Diana Wallace. Uh, Diana is a naturopathic doctor, and we met several years ago. I won't go into the whole thing, but I do know her personally. Um, She's a leader. She's a delight. She's an author. She's written a book that I happen to love that you'll be hearing about called Healthy Body, 12 Principles for Peace, Health, and Crazy Joy. (laughs) I absolutely love that. Crazy Joy. Not a typical title for a health book, but it's a life-giving book. Welcome, Diana. Thank you. I'm tickled pink to be here. I am delighted that you are here because, you know, when I first booked you to be on the show, I honestly wanted to talk to you more from the aspect of, okay, you're in a field where authority and strength and confidence is vital because it's not accepted by everybody. Not everybody recognizes a naturopathic doctor as a real doctor, right? Very true. Even though you've had, it's a five-year program of study. So the, you know, the study is there, but it is, it falls into the field of alternative or complementary medicine. So I wanted to, I had initially planned to talk to you from that aspect of how you've developed your strength in your business and in your leadership in a field that is still gaining ground. But what I also found out as I started the first of the year, it as I have been working with clients and groups, and I hear what their intentions are for the new year, just about everybody is dealing with health issues and wanting to improve their health. So I, you're the perfect person to help get us on the right track as we begin a new year. You wrote wrote this book. You've got a vision. Tell tell me a little bit about your story. How did you get into a field to be a naturopathic doctor? Well, I'm I'm really I really appreciate your asking that because it is something that either you've been around it all your life and you're open to alternative or complementary approaches to your wellness. Um, perhaps you're you've been around it all your life and you're open to owning the personal responsibility for your well-being, or maybe you've come from more of an allopathic or, you know, Western medicine approach. And that's where I, where I came from. I was raised in a home where when we got sick, we went to the doctor and whatever the doctor said, it was almost like that there was God and then there was the doctor. <laughs> the doctor was right up there next to God. And whatever he or she said, that's just how it went. And so that is how I grew up. It, it worked for many, many years. And you know, for some people, it works longer than it did for me. But there came a point in my early 30s when I had been through a season of just an awful lot of life in a really short period of time. Uh, death, surgeries, not my own death, obviously, but but I had lost my dad. Um, There had been surgeries. There had been some different illness issues in our family. It was just a, a bunch of life in a short period of time. And I was doing a really great job of taking care of everyone else except me. And as it turns out, our bodies can only run like that for just so long. And my body gave me a gift 
of a health crisis. Now, I don't usually think of health crisis as a gift, but in this situation, it turned out to be a huge gift. Because of that health crisis, I um, basically was failed by the medical community. I went to my doctor who couldn't figure out what was going on, who sent me to another doctor, who sent me to another doctor. And I was literally sent home with a dismissive pat on the hand saying, there's nothing wrong with you. Um, All my tests were within normal limits. You need to just go home and figure out how to live like this. Even though I was having uh, significant physical issues, I was collapsing for six hours every day. And um, there was nothing wrong with me because all my tests were within normal limits. And that's a whole nother conversation. But here's where the gift came in. Because I was out of other options, only then did I become open to a field that I had always thought was just a bunch of you know, quacks or, um, you know, just people who really didn't didn't really know very much. They were just, you know, trying to do whatever. I didn't have a particularly high opinion of alternative or complementary medicine until it was my only option. And through a series of events that I know that I know God ordained and provided um, an intervention in my life, I had an opportunity to visit with a naturopathic doctor in another state by phone. And in just 10 minutes, he was able to identify the issue that my body was struggling with and gave me some very simple and practical strategies for how to resolve that in less than two weeks. (laughs) I was skeptical, but I was desperate. And that is how I ended up in this field. I believed a lie for about seven years after that, that I wouldn't be smart enough to become a naturopath to help other people the way that that man had helped me. But eventually I thought, you know what? I'll never know if I'm smart enough or not unless I go for it. So I signed up to start school (laughs) to to learn, you know, distance learning from home, how to be a naturopathic doctor And I have now been practicing for 15 years, and it is the most rewarding work. Wow. I say wow, because I know that the people that you have helped, we could talk all day about the stories, I'm sure. And thank you for sharing your personal story. It is a wonderful thing to offer hope to people. And that's what I hear in your voice. And that's, to me, uh, I love the saying that leaders are dealers in hope. And yes, I feel like that's what you're doing. So Not to digress from your personal experience, but this is personal experience that I'm going to ask you for now. You said that the doctor that helped you move through that crisis gave you simple steps. And I've got, I think the audience that is listening to this today are very busy people. When you told the story of taking care of everything Every everything and everybody else but yourself, I thought, oh, you're stepping on some toes here. I'm positive of it um, because that's a, a very chronic condition for leaders that, you know, we think we can run, 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 do, do, do. Um, and we feel this responsibility toward others. But if you could give me a couple of tips that you're giving the audience for busy people. What are some key things that we can do to protect our health and preserve our energy so that we can continue to give? That is such a great question. You know, 
as leaders, we have to, first of all, understand that we lead no one else before we lead ourselves. And any kind of leadership is always thinking about, you know, yes, what your goals are, what your vision is, and so forth. But you're thinking about the people that you're leading and what's best for them. What's the best fit for them? When we're leading ourselves, it serves us well, and we're able to serve others better to accomplish the purposes, the assignments on our life, if we give ourselves some grace. The same kind of grace you would give um, a contractor or an employee or a business associate, it's so valuable when we can give ourselves that same kind of grace and When was the last time you said to yourself, I know you, your listeners, we've all said it to other people, hey, you know, when they describe a a situation that's difficult or challenging, we say, hey, do what you need to do. Do what you need to do. When was the last time we extended that to ourselves? Do what you need to do. And what is it that you need to do? Maybe you need to take a nap. Being, um, it's not being lazy to take a nap. For example, I'm going to reference some leaders that you'll recognize. Um, General MacArthur, Dwight Eisenhower, Winston Churchill, they all had a common habit. And we know habits are like foundational for leadership. But one of the habits that all three of those men that I know we can all agree were great world leaders, they were nap takers. Every single one of them took a nap every single day. And here is a challenging word for every one of us, starting with me, okay? They rested before they were tired. What kind of a gift is that? To purpose to rest when we need to rest. Right now, you know, at the time we're recording this, we have been in a global pandemic situation for almost two years. The stress level, um, just navigating the many, many changes in our world, that escalates everyone's stress level. When was the last time you said, hey, (laughs) I'm exhausted. I'm going to go take a power nap. And when you wake up, you can, you know, you just face things with a different perspective when you're not exhausted and run down. That would be the first one. Give yourself grace. Do what you need to do, whether that's physically, whether it's mentally, emotionally, or even spiritually. Give yourself permission to do what you need to do so that you can show up as the leader that God made you to be, the leader that God called you to be. And you can't just take any one of those components. You are a spiritual person. You have a soul, which is your mind, will, and your emotions, but you live in your body. And in our medical system, um, we focus on the body, which is only a little tiny part of who you actually are. And we know that about 80% of medical um, visits are related to stress. And that isn't physical stress. It's the mental, emotional, or even spiritual. Wow. I can't even tell you if I've ever taken a nap as an adult. That's, uh, yeah, I see, I, I can see you, our audience can't, your mouth drops open like, what? 
what? Uh, maybe. Oh, I'm I'm enjoying this. Okay, so nap taking. You know what? I I don't know how good I'm going to be at nap taking, but just even the idea of taking a break and going and doing something. You know, I I do walk and I do take breaks to get up away from my desk, but oh, I think I could be kinder to myself. And I have a lot of energy, but you can't always count on that being indefinitely available if you don't refuel. Exactly. I'm I'm hearing you, Diana. (laughs) I'm hearing you. So, okay, that's, that's a big one. Rest before you're tired? Did you say that? I did say that. And those are not my words. That that little quippiness about those three big time world leaders. No one would question, you know, were those men leaders? That comes from a little book that I've read. And it's, it's a Dale Carnegie compilation of just little mini biographies about different leaders, you know, in history. And when I read that, just as I went, you know, going through the book, this common theme just kept coming up. They rested before they were tired. They napped every day. And it wasn't like a two hour hibernatory nap. One of Here's a cool little tip on um, napping. And if you don't feel like you need to nap, don't keep going. <laughs> but, but you know, and, and your listeners know, you know when you're tired and you're just trying to push through it. And that is when a, a nap can really bless you. And a quick little tip about that is to have a little caffeine. Maybe you have um, some coffee or tea or whatever. Just have a little bit of caffeine and then lie down. It's going to take about 20 minutes for that caffeine to get into your system. You're resting. It gets in there. And when you get up in 20 minutes, you're better than you were a few minutes before. Uh, you just you come out with like turbocharge, and so that's just a quick little quick little nap tip. Napping was not on my list to talk about today either, Beverly. But apparently, this is something we need to talk about. So here we are. <laughs> I think so. Okay. So what what else? You that's a that's a I can see how you know. And I've I've read about people like Michael Hyatt, even who's a current leader in the you know leadership community. He naps. Uh, they they know their staff knows they're going to do it. Um, what else? Tell no. us some more. Okay, I think another really powerful gift for absolutely every single one of us is to be aware of the power of our words. We read in the Bible that the power of life and death is in the tongue. Now, you could look at that from a whole bunch of different ways. You could think about that from nutrition. (laughs) You know, two things are happening there. Stuff's coming into your mouth, food. And stuff's coming out of your mouth, words. And when you get super intentional about paying attention to what you're saying, how you're saying it, who you're saying it to, this can be a game changer, especially the way you talk to yourself. Something I see in entrepreneurs, we um, we love what we do. <laughs> Most entrepreneurs love what they do, but they can be really hard on themselves. And even if you set a goal and you hit your goal, you suddenly change the goal and you stretch farther and you think you're leading yourself and you think you're doing something great. But really, we, we're we not really doing ourselves a great service. When you set a goal, celebrate when you hit that goal and then set a new goal, but take time to celebrate. But all along the way, 
pay attention to what you're saying to yourself. Pay attention to what you're speaking to the people around you because you can change the atmosphere that you're working in. You can change the community that you serve by being intentional to use your words to bless and not curse yourself and others. And I'll just say from experience, uh, for many, many years, 42, for 42 years, I was so hard on myself. And I was constantly cracking the whip on me and saying things like, oh, that is so stupid. What were you thinking? Can't you do better? Oh, my gosh. You know, the what were you thinking was a common thing. And then I started learning about the value of the words that we speak to ourselves. Even if we don't say it out loud, you know the messages that are running around in your head. But you have the ability. You have the authority. You have the power to change it. You can disrupt those thoughts. You can interrupt the words that are coming out of your mouth at any time. And I would just say, when you choose to bless and not curse yourself and others, that that changes. <laughs> that, that changes relationships. It changes communities. It can change our world. Definitely changes your world. You are so right. Because I'm actually just thinking about how we get so worked up about other people's behaviors. And even if it's people that are speaking on the news or people that we don't know personally, but they're in the public eye and we start to, you know, get aggravated. And I, that's one example. But also, you know, we allow ourselves to do that in traffic. We, uh, I, I I'm not an angry driver, but I, and it stresses me out to drive, to ride with angry drivers because I'm like, okay, you can't change the traffic. Um, but just letting yourself become all worked up, you think about all of that cortisol is, it, it is, that's what it is that runs, start running through your body, right? And it erodes and, uh, wipes your system out. Wow. Okay. So, I have to say this about your book, that one of the things that I loved about your book, it was not what I expected because I find that most health books are punitive in tone. And what I mean is they make you feel bad about, oh, I have screwed up. And if I don't do this, I'm going to fail at my whole health journey. I've frankly feel like most books are like that. And I've read so many because I'm, I've been interested in health all my adult life. Um, maybe because it is part of leadership, you know, to take good care of yourself. And I always figured, too, that my grandmother lived to 103, and this is the only body I get, so I better take care of it if it's going to last 100 years, right? <laughs> so that's what I've always been aware of. But your book wasn't punitive. So tell us where, tell my audience where they can get the book because it is an encouraging book and it gives you a feeling like, oh, okay, I can do this. I can, I can take the first step. So where can we find your book? And tell us again the name. I want to hear it out of your mouth. Oh. <laughs> so the book is called Healthy Body, 12 Principles for Peace, Health, and crazy joy. And almost every time after I say that, I go, who doesn't want more peace, health, 
and crazy joy. You know, it's funny is the book doesn't even have a chapter on joy. Joy is just that natural outflow when you work through the processes, hopefully by feeling encouraged to do so, not being punished. But when you work through the processes and the principles that I share in the book, you will come to a place of crazy joy. And when I say crazy joy, I don't mean you're crazy. I mean, it may seem crazy to the world around us that we can still have a deep abiding joy in spite of the hard things of life that are swirling about us. So the book is available on Amazon, and I believe we're going to have a link in the comments below in your show notes. And so it's available on Amazon in both paperback and also Kindle version. And um, and I appreciate that as you read that, that you felt like it was not a punitive tone. I don't think in a punitive way. I really believe, uh, first of all, I will say to your listeners, <laughs> now that you've heard my voice, when you get my book, you will hear my voice talking to you <laughs> because it is very, uh, it's almost a conversational, that was my goal, was to have a conversational, empowering tone to just inspire you to what is possible. Okay, so now I want to shift just a little bit um, and talk about the challenges that have developed you as a leader. Um, I know that I know just some of your personal story, and resilience is something that all of us are being forced to develop in the difficulties that it, that we've all faced over the last couple of years. But I think that, you know, you certainly could write a book just on resilience. But as we look at that, I just have to, I admire you and respect you as a leader, just because, again, I see how many, I've, I've, I know people that you've helped, you've helped me and my husband, um, and I know that you've done it in such a gracious way, but you're also very firm. It's like you're very confident. You're very firm about what you know. Um, so there's an authority there, but there's such a grace about it. And you, you, you talked about giving yourself grace, but there is a grace in the way that you walk in your authority. So my question is... Is that something that you consciously developed as a, you know, as you worked with people as part of your leadership gift? Was Or did, have you always been that way? And I, okay, a hint to my audience. When I, I warned her before we started recording, I was going to ask this, and she laughed and laughed and laughed, like really laughed. Okay, so what's the story, Diana? Why did you laugh so hard? <laughs> yes, it was a deep belly laugh, like a Santa Claus laugh. And I laugh at that. First of all, I just want to say I bless the Lord uh, for any grace that you see in my life. And I'm not kidding when I say um, that comes from him. And the Lord really led me through a period of profound healing about 11 years ago when I learned the power, the healing power of forgiving other people and forgiving myself. And I do believe that giving forgiveness and receiving forgiveness and forgiving ourselves and allowing ourselves to accept forgiveness from God for the stuff we've done wrong. And we've all done wrong stuff. Everybody has. 
But when we really allow ourselves to forgive ourselves, (laughs) we get an extra measure of grace because we're not running around hurting on the inside all the time because somebody did something to us once upon a time. It hurt then. It still hurts now because we haven't really settled the matter. I believe forgiveness is where that water hits the wheel when we forgive others and we forgive ourselves. And I really see forgiveness as part of a stewardship, stewardship of our bodies, of our lives, of our purposes. And it's that faithful stewardship that leads us to a place where we can be in leadership. And I bless the Lord that that comes across as grace. I actually hear that um, (laughs) a lot from my clients who come into, I have a nine-month program that I work with women to take them through a process of just super holistic healing. And yeah, we spend a whole month forgiving other people. We spend a whole month forgiving ourselves. And time and again, I hear them say, I was so nervous about getting into this forgiveness thing because I didn't know if if it was going to take me to a dark place. I didn't know what I would find if I started going around and digging around in the, the hurts from my past. And they said, but you make it to where it's safe. It's okay. And yes, we partner with the Holy Spirit. He's the one who does the ministry and the work. It's just an honor to be Um, like a mentor to walk through a process with women. Uh, Specifically, this particular program is only for women because women have different issues than men. (laughs) So I'm staying in my lane with this particular program. But that is, you know, no, I haven't always been um, like I am today. And I bless the Lord that my daughter, when she thinks back to the mother that she had when she was younger, (laughs) she doesn't remember the uptight, Type A, high-strung, hard-charging, hard on myself, hard on everybody else. She doesn't really remember that woman. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. She sees a grace, a, a woman who just walks in the grace of God. Now, I have my moments. Let's be clear. I can get triggered just like anybody else, but they don't last long. <laughs> I'm so thankful. But when you recognize the value, the healing power of forgiving other people and forgiving yourself and forgiving quickly, whether you feel like it or not, it can be a game changer. Wow. I, I kind of suspect that people are a little surprised at the nature of the way you talk about healing. You know, that it is such, it is holistic. It truly is. And I love what you said. Forgiveness is where the water hits the wheel and makes everything turn and makes everything flow and generates energy and can produce something of value because it's where the water hits the wheel. That's beautiful. I could talk to you all day and I want to bring this to a close, but is there, um, how can, tell us how people can get in touch with you to learn more, um, and to find answers about how to how to be whole and energized and, and take care of yourself so you can be the leader that you're called to be. For sure. So I'm on Instagram at Diana Wallace N D. So Diana Wallace N D on Instagram. On Facebook, I'm just Diana Wallace. 
And then I do have, again, this is for women, because in this context, we talk about matters that are unique to women. But I do have a a free group in Facebook called the Healthy Body Book Club. And it started as a book club talking about the principles in the book. And it has quickly grown to a community of women who love the Lord and who loves seeing his healing in our lives through a variety of different mat, you know, different approaches. And so the Healthy Body Book Club is just a fun place to be. And those are the highlights, really. Instagram and Facebook. I have um I'll just confess an area where I'm gonna improve this year is visiting into LinkedIn more. And so I'm embarrassed to say if you go in there right now, it's pretty antiquated, but that is a goal, perhaps. Perhaps by the time this airs, um, I will have made some improvements there. But yeah, that's where I'm at right now. Well, I I look forward to seeing you in all those places and more. And I I thank you for sharing your heart, um, your your knowledge, and. I feel like this is the beginning of a year that we can be stronger than we've ever been before, but it comes intentionally. And especially for those of us, those hardworking, high, you know, it's great to have high goals, big visions, big dreams, but we have to, I, the way I always have looked at it is it, it it's like, it, it, we're running a marathon, not a sprint. And you have to pace yourself. Um, and thankfully, I've learned that the hard way um, as well. And, and yeah, continue to. Okay, so my goal, my takeaway is when am I going to take my first nap? <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of kidding, kind of not. But um, maybe it'll start with a walk on the beach, which I've been wanting to do for a couple weeks. Yeah, in Florida, that's a pretty pretty uh, a spectacular thing. And isn't it amazing how we can have gifts right at our feet and in our busyness run right past them? And so think about what that might be for you today. I would challenge the you listeners to think about that as what one thing are you going to do in the next week that's good for you? And what gift have you been overlooking and just running right past in your busyness and haste. But Diana Wallace, thank you so much for helping us launch the gear with energy, with vibrancy, with vitality, and crazy joy. You have a great day. We'll be with you soon. And you know what I always promise, that the best is yet to come.